Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Talofa and welcome to the world in sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Samoa's sevens player Gordon Lankilda returns home after pleading guilty to misdemeanor charges in the USA. Mate Ma'atonga named a formidable squad to take on world champions Australia. And the Guam football team are after more games going forward. But first, the new Manu Samoa rugby coach says he plans to use the upcoming November tour to build depth and give a wide range of players a chance to press their case for World Cup selection. Steve Jackson was appointed on Friday to replace Fuimo Ono Titimaya Tafua and says he's looking forward to the challenge. I've been privileged to work with, you know, guys like Chris Phil, who's actually the captain of the side. And, you know, there's, I, I think, um, especially over probably about 50% of those boys that have, that have played there, I've had something to do with, whether it be coaching or even at the end of my career for some of them, like Khan Toto or Lee, who I played with. So, yeah, look, I've got a good grasp on the guys that are there, um, that have been there and, and done a job to, to obviously get them, get this team to the World Cup. And, um, you know, and I've worked with quite a few other guys that are eligible, you know, around New Zealand at the moment that, um, you know, that hopefully will be able to make themselves available for Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I mean, uh, one name that springs to mind, of, you know, someone like Melanie Nanai that you would have obviously worked with at the Blues. I mean, a very talented uh, young man, uh, who you know is, is is kind of coming into his prime in terms of age and uh, experience, um, and you know would would probably be a a pretty tidy player at international level. Oh yeah, you know without a doubt, without a doubt, you know, and, and again for for Milani and other, these other guys in the country and, and playing Super Rugby, and you know understand if they play um, for an international team that you know that limits their ability to play in the Super Rugby side because I think it's only you're only about one international player and. You know, then then what happens is you know Super Rugby teams have to decide in terms of the eligibility and how things work around that. So, but definitely, look, the enticement for some of these guys will be the Rugby World Cup, and then you know um, opening opening up doors you know around the world um, so that they can you know have a, a successful career and you know and obviously with their families and that secure themselves for for the future. So, you know, there's uh, there's a few people around you know, and again, it's my job to. First and foremost, just tap into those people and see if they're, you know, willing to step up and, and represent their country. And again, if we can do that, you know, we're starting to build a competitive side. Uh, Steve, uh, obviously, your most recent head coaching uh, role was with North Harbour, where you had some success there. Obviously, um, getting them back up into the top flight, uh, and, and then you moved on to the Blues. And what what can we expect from a Steve Jackson coached Manu Samoa team? How do you want your team to play? Yeah, look, well, we've been through that, um, and I've been through that with our assistant coach at the moment, the way that we want to play the game, and you know, hopefully you know, we'll start introducing that in our Northern Tour. That's um, the most important thing is that our culture and environment's right first. You know, I've got you know, no doubt in my mind that some culture and you know, they'll be pretty close, um, and it's about tapping into that and making sure that you know, these guys are working hard but having fun at the same time, um, and that's first and foremost. So 
it'll be you know a week of getting these guys together, understanding the direction and the high performance program that we're trying to put together to lead up into the World Cup. Uh, my job is to first and foremost understand these guys individually, get to know them, get to know their personality, what makes them tick understand their family, their family backgrounds and, and um, get a real understanding and a real good feel for each individual player and you know, obviously they get a feel for me as well and then and, and hopefully that leads into a bit of trust between between coach and player and you know that's going to be half the battle and to me as a coach that's one of the most important things. And uh, you've uh, officially had the job for uh, well what, three, four days and uh, it's only a couple of weeks and you're probably going to have to pretty much name a squad. <laughs> Yeah, look, we've. Uh, I'm sitting here in front of the TV at the moment, just going through some players and looking at some footage at the moment. You know, we we have to name a team by um, Friday for World Rugby um, for the end of year tour. So, look, there's no doubt that um, there'll be some people that are unavailable for this trip. Um, but again, you know, at the back of our minds, you know, we understand that you know Rugby World Cup is what I'm here to, and what I'm employed to do and to be successful there. And um, this November tour is a stepping stone for me to understand the players and for them to get used to me and the way that I coach. Um, but also realise that there'll be guys on this tour that um, will be available for, for the Rugby World Cup. And, you know, we're looking to build competition. Those that are selected to go away, there might be some guys that aren't on tour, you know, that will be at the Rugby World Cup. Um, there'll be some guys that may be left behind um, just so that we can introduce some new blood to see where some of these players are. The most important thing, I think, um, leading into a Rugby World Cup is that we need to build some depth and some depth in key positions. So um, that's what this tour will be about. I wonder how much pressure you feel because um, Alama Adamir obviously had the role and, and he spent a couple of years trying to build, as you say, depth and, and options and, and that squad and then Fuimo Uno came in and um, had to get the team qualified for the World Cup and a lot of players were unavailable. We're literally 12 months out from a World Cup. Do you have time to, to build depth and all that? Is you know is this not the time where everybody has to be available and you, you have to be almost finalising? You're definitely right, but Again, we're looking around the country at the moment here in New Zealand. We're looking everywhere around the world. Um, there are players that I've seen in lists that haven't made themselves available for, for money so more. And, you know, if we can get two or three guys in key positions um, with a little bit more depth in those positions, you know, there's people on our list that, you know, we're going to be targeting and um, hopefully come real, uh, World Cup time that they will be available for us. And again, it's about those guys that we think that's when we can get into them on this tour and give them the technical and tactical knowledge that they need and, and really give them the skill set that we're looking for uh, in the way that we're going to be playing the game. So it is a great opportunity for us, you know, and, and those two coaches you mentioned have done a great job previously with bringing some of these players through. And again, you know, I'll be um, tapping into the knowledge and getting some insight into some of these players as I have done over the last couple of days. So honestly, um, it's exciting. Um, I understand uh, there's been some negative um Things said about uh, Manu Samai rugby, you know, recently, but it's a great opportunity for these players and obviously for us as a coaching group. So we're really looking forward to it. We understand the ins and outs of everything and the, and the pressures, and you know, we get it. We've been there, um, so we we just seen it as a massive opportunity for us to do something that only another couple of Manu Samoa teams have done. So that's the new Manu Samoa rugby coach, Steve Jackson. The Samoa Rugby Sevens player Gordon Lankilda has returned home after pleading guilty to misdemeanor charges following an assault at the Sevens World Cup in San Francisco. Lankilda had been required to stay in the United States since July on criminal charges of assault and battery, but those charges were reduced. Pacific Rugby Players CEO Aidan Clark says the 22-year-old must pay compensation to his victims and has agreed to take a year out of the game. 
Gordon's volunteer to that at a minimum. What happens now is, is World Rugby and also Samoan Rugby Union uh, we're waiting on the outcomes of the uh, legal proceedings. Um, so now that we have that, uh, obviously those will, um, will commence and we'll go through that process next. So as part of his acknowledgement of his actions, he's told the courts that he's willing to take a year out of the game and, and they take that into account in his sentencing and punishment. He does. Like I said, Gordon's very remorseful for his actions um, towards the Welsh players. Um, he also feels like he probably needs to take a little bit of time to, um, uh, you know, this has been very difficult for him. So um, at a minimum, he's happy happy with that. And so he obviously was one of the Samoan contracted players for sevens in the recently completed season. So with that yep. in mind, he's stood himself out. He won't be a part of the, the next Sevens World Series 2018-2019. Uh, no, he won't make um And I had uh, a good chat with Zane Hilton, who's the general manager of Samoan Rugby Union, this morning about that. Um, they're aware that um, that's the case. Um, we're all focused now on what we put in place for Gordon, uh, not only for his rugby, but also just for his uh, general well-being, getting him support. Um, we're going, as a players' association now, we'll work with him on what he's going to do with this year out of uh, being a rugby player and um, all the other applications of what we do with most players, really. Um, build an individual plan for him and, and his family um, and what other things he's doing off the field. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what sort of kicks in now is, is the follow-up support. Yeah, because obviously there's, um, you know, he's obviously got to support his family still and that's uh, a lot of what's been talked about over the last couple of months, the fact that he's been separated from his family as a result of having to stay in the United States. So, um, you know, things like how he's going to pay the bills and support his family, that's the sort of stuff you guys will be discussing now? Yeah, yeah, huge. As we do with all players when they sort of what we call transition out of the game or um, have a time out of the game and start thinking about this, he's obviously been focused on being a international sevens player for Samoa. Um, for the last period, so now we uh, and it's, it's nothing foreign to us. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll spend some time with Gordon. Uh, I'll just let him sort of level out a little bit, and then we'll sit down and work out what the plan is for the next, not just one year, but the next, you know, three to five years where he sees himself. And uh, we'll be able to put our resources into making sure he tries to achieve some of those goals. Um, is there still a possibility he'll come back and, and want to play rugby again in twelve months' time? Oh yeah, for sure, no doubt. Um, doesn't mean he can't train the house down. He's still a very young man and uh, wants to be a rugby player, so it's about utilising this time out of the game and making the most of it. Um, but I, I'd expect, um, well, I haven't had a chat with him um, in this sort of phase, really, but when we sit down and, and talk about what's what's on the horizon, no doubt he'll, he'll look forward to being a rugby player again. That specific rugby player's CEO, Aidan Clark. Mate Ma'atonga have named a formidable squad for next month's historic rugby league test against Australia. The October 20 match will pit Tonga against the world champion Kangaroos for the first time. Big guns Jason Tamalolo, Andrew Fafita and David Fusitua have all been included, although Captain Sikamanu has been ruled out after injuring himself at the weekend. Coach Christian Wolfe says he's increasingly having to make some tough decisions. I've spoken before about the growing amount of talent uh, of Tongan players that are in the NRL and in the Super League nowadays as well. And, um, you know, some guys that are, uh, that are really developing well and, and there's some guys that have been there for a long time. And, um, you know, trying to thin that down, 29 is probably more than what I wanted to name. Uh, I was hoping to get it more in that 24, 25 mark. You obviously need a couple of extras in cases and injuries that come into play in the last couple of weeks of the competition. But, um, they're trying to get it down to that and, and thinking of some of the guys that you lead out was, uh, uh, was quite difficult. And Scott Sorensen, who um, 
he, you know, it's, it's it's probably been the hard road for him, hasn't it? He's, you know, he started at Cronulla, went to Canberra, and had to, you know, go play uh, Intra Super Premiership, I think it was, and then, you know, has earned himself a, a more regular role in the NRL this year, and to then get called up for Matamaa Tonga is, is is a reward for his form there. So it hasn't been a case of straight in the NRL, play lots of games, and, and then get picked up. He's had to to fight his way to prominence. No, he's a good story, Scott, and. Um, you know, he's not a guy that I've uh, had too much to do with, but my dealings with him over the last few weeks, he's a good fellow as well. And um, I know he's very, uh, he's, he's actually very passionate about his Tongan heritage. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that he's been wanting to do for a long time. And he certainly expressed that. And, um, yeah, so it's good to be able to, to sort of name him in that squad. And, uh, you know, at the moment, there's probably a couple of guys that, uh, that, are, that are ahead of him in, in terms of, um, you know, playing back row and, you look at uh, some of the names there, like Tavita Pangai, obviously, um, Sikamanu, Ben Murdoch, Basila. Um, there's a number of guys there, but um, you know, if we, uh, he's certainly a guy that if we, we do cop an injury through the, the last few games, uh, that I have no hesitation uh, that he'd come in and be able to do a really good job. And, and his family has a strong history with the Kiwis, um, so you, you talk about him being proud of his new, uh, Tongan heritage. Um, how... How, how, how long has he been in the frame? And, um, you know, keeping in mind that Kiwi's background, his family have, uh, how easy a decision was it for him to, to want to commit to Matamata Tonga? Yeah, well, he certainly didn't walk when I gave him a call. So uh, I'm not sure if it was a, a difficult one for him or not. But as I said, as soon as I called, he, he expressed his desire to be a part of it straight away and, um, you know, said that it had been something that he'd thought about for a long time. So... Yeah, so as I said, I've got no doubt whatsoever that he'd come into a really good job for us. And uh, Tevita Panga Jr., he's obviously been a part of your squad previously, but there'd been a lot of talk swirling about that Australia wanted him um, and, and that he obviously made that commitment earlier this year to, to choose Tonga ahead of origin. So were you always confident that he was going to you know, stick with you guys? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a very loyal bloke, uh, Tevita, and very proud of... Uh, his Tonga heritage, and um, you know that's never wavered in any conversation that I've had with him at all. So uh, the only the only conversation I've ever heard around uh, possibilities of it being different is through the media. And as I said, any conversation I've had with Tavita has been very very solid. So uh, I've got no reason to doubt him there whatsoever, or, or to think that um, at any stage in the near future that he's he's going to uh, change his mind. Um, you know, I do understand that uh, Origin is a big draw card, and um, you know, and obviously Australia want the best players, and as everyone does, and um, you know he is eligible for Australia as well. So I've got no doubt that, that um, you know, they'll be in his ear and, and uh, certainly testing his loyalty. But as I said, I've got no reason to doubt it whatsoever. No, and I suppose um, you know it, it helps. And you talked previously about the fact that for this test, at least, um, you know, both teams will be earning the same uh, the same uh, money for it. So uh, it means that they don't have to factor in. Income in this case, they they just have to think about who they want to represent. No, that's right, and it is a, a real um, you know, a real step forward for the international game. Um, you know what is happening with our tests, and I mean, look, you could still find plenty of reason to, to go the other way. And you, 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 if you play for Australia, you, you get to play in three games, and um, you know there's accumulation of uh, of uh, pay there available as well. Um, you know, the, the difference in pay certainly isn't happening for the week before, but uh, as I said, I think um, you know what we're doing here in terms of this game going ahead. Um, you know, certainly creating a lot of interest as we all knew it would, and um, you know the goodwill from the Australian players to to take a pay cut to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened without that being the case. And, 
um, and, and for both teams to be on equal pay. I just think it's a massive step forward for the international game. And, um, you know, hopefully it's a real sign of things to come for the future. That's the Tonga Rugby League coach, Christian Wolf. Guam football coach Carl Dodd is seeking more games for the Matau on the back of mixed results from the East Asian Cup earlier this month. The men's team missed out on promotion after a draw with Mongolia in their final group match, having earlier lost to Macau and beaten the Northern Marianas. The tournament was the team's first outing under Dodd, who was appointed back in December, and he says the team needs more competitive matches. It's a long time between drinks, and the national team's been dormant for over 18 months now, so you know I had to wait seven or eight months to get it going, and it's, it's frustrating because you know it's a lot of training without any games. It's, uh, it was good. It was good to get the games underway, and, and I think we need a lot more, of, a lot more of them now. And that's the message going back to the GSA, and that's what we're working towards. Are you confident that there will be more matches on the horizon? Yeah, we're preparing for the Asian Cup qualifier in in March in 2019. So we're looking to have a couple of camps and play some more games in those windows in the camps so you know that's what we're working towards so we've just got to get board approval the technical director is away at the moment with the girls in Sri Lanka so when Belinda gets back we can go through the, the preparation and uh, Carl when you got the job you you know talked about your philosophy how you like to see the game played and um, and, yep. and that you know a big part of this competition these first three matches uh, were about trying to implement that and um, you know, get some progress in that regard. How do you how do you feel it went in terms of uh, finally getting the plans from training out onto the field? No, very well. I think the boys have definitely bought in. They understand. It's now putting it into practice in a, in a competitive environment, which is always different to friendly matches. You know, the pressure is there, and they did very well in the NMI game. Uh, we made a mistake in the Macau one in terms of playing out uh, decision making, but that's going to happen in its infancy in the, in the program and. The boys rectified that problem against Mongolia and were excellent. So we're definitely shifting in the right direction along that continuum from the old playing style to the to the new one. So it's just going to take more games to continue that progress. And um, you know, some countries and also some clubs, you know, Barcelona obviously a, 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 an yep. obvious example. Um, you know, have a philosophy that they like to instill not just in the senior team but throughout all age grades. Is that something yep. you're you're hoping for in Guam? Definitely, that's what we have been instilling, and that's the 15s were the flag bearers of, of that. They were the first ones to play in a tournament with this playing style, and they'll definitely reap the benefits when they get through to the Matau. You know, it, it's that process, but that decision making, looking to play a total football, you know, that's that needs to be instilled from the from a very young age, and uh, you know, and then that continuum's there. So by the time they get to the Matau, they have a down pat. They're very they're very good at what they you know at that playing style and. You know, those mistakes that we made in that tournament, you shouldn't be there. And, you know, six, eight months uh, down the line, uh, Carl, how, how are you feeling in the role? Are you feeling um, now abreast of, of everything, of the of the players, of the setup, of of what you need to be successful? Yeah, yeah definitely got to head around everything uh, across all the age groups. I mean, I take the, the 15s age group, the 19s age group as well, and the, and the Matau, they're the three national teams we have, and then help oversee the Centre of Excellence. So I have my head around all the players now and what they can and can't do and where the program is at and what we need to keep doing and what we need to make the program better as well. We've just conducted a, a review with myself and Belinda, the, the technical director, and and we'll sit down with the board and, and go through that when she gets back from Sri Lanka. The next uh, international window is November. Do you expect to be have matches then? 
Yes, we're probably going to take a little bit different approach going into the March qualifier. I, I think we're looking to have a camp in November and play club teams. I just find that, especially ones in Japan, technically brilliant, very structured, a lot more structured than the national teams that we would come up against, given our ranking. So if we can do well against teams like in Japan, J2, J3, then that sets us in good stead. And we can play a lot more games in that camp than what we would if we had to play, say, an international team. That's the Guam men's football coach, Carl Dodd. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.